It was in Morocco a couple of weeks ago. It's a Muslim country. And uh, that's another nation that God blessed. Ishmael was a son of Abraham. And Abraham, let's talk about Abraham a little bit later. So here is a baby born. Israelites in, in chapter 1 in Exodus are enslaved by the Pharaoh who forgot about Joseph and his family, right? Joseph died a long time ago, and a Pharaoh who didn't know about Joseph and his family enslaved, enslaved Israelites. Right, right. And Israelites or Hebrews decided to do what? What do we do when it's, it's tough, it's, it's, it's a tough life, it's something that is very, very wrong? Why? They complained and they did something right. They prayed. They cried to God. Like, uh, really, really uh, asking God to give them freedom. Because God said, I will bless Abraham and all his children, all, all his descendants. And, and all the sins are going to be blessed. Is it a blessing to be a slave? No. 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 And God heard their cry. And he answered their prayers. How many years it took? Well, if you calculate right, it's not that they were enslaved right away when they entered into Egypt with Joseph, right? It took many years. They were so blessed. They were tax-free, living tax-free. They, they were given the best land. And even after Joseph died, I do not think it happened like right away. The next Pharaoh comes and he enslaves them. But what we know, that from the moment they prayed in chapter 1, God answered their prayer right away through the birth of this little baby, Moses. But it took how many years to free, actually, the nation? Eighty years. You pray and you think, well, God is going to answer me right away. Maybe it happens. It happens sometimes too. But a lot of time, God is waiting. God is doing it for the special reason. Sometimes, when we talk to people, it happens. You say something to your son, right? And if he doesn't answer, you think maybe he didn't hear. Maybe he was his mind was somewhere else, right? What do you do? You repeat yourself, but maybe a little bit louder, because you thought maybe he didn't he didn't hear you. And sometimes what people say, I heard you the first time. <laughs> that happens in my life many times. When we pray about something. God is saying to us the same thing. I heard you the first time. But keep praying. Whatever the reason is. Why God is not responding right away. 
we will see it in the lives of many, many people. Remember, Adam and Eve uh, was told that there will be someone who is going to change everything that happened, the sin that entered the world. And when their first son was born, they thought that this is the Messiah. This is Christ. This is the one who is going to save us. Let's admit it. We are living in a very impatient world. When you're standing in a line to the cashier in the grocery store, and there is only one cashier, and you're staying in a long line, what are you thinking about? Why don't, why don't they put another cashier and another cashier so that we don't have to wait for a long time? A journalist was assigned to Jerusalem, and uh, she uh, decided that she will rent an apartment. And it happened to be that her window was uh, uh, overlooking the Wailing Wall. You know what the Wailing Wall is? It's one of the remaining walls of the temple, ancient temple. And so Jewish people believe it's a sacred spot. It's a place to pray, right? And so she was looking at the window every day at the same time in the morning and she saw this old man who would come every day and he would pray. So one day she went down there and she asked this man, I'm just curious, what, what are you praying about? And he said, I have come here to pray every day for 25 years. In the morning and in the evening, I pray. So she said, the journalist said, I'm wondering, what are you praying about? And he said, I'm praying the same prayer. I'm praying for the world peace. And nothing happens. But I still pray. So the, the journalist was amazed. How, and she said, how does it make you feel that you are praying again and again about world peace and there is no peace? And he said, the old man looks at her sadly and she said, it feels like I'm talking to a wall. Talking to a wall. How often do you feel the same, that you are talking to a wall? You're talking to God, and sometimes it seems like there's no answer. Impatience can do something for us, something bad. What impatience does? You can become angry, make the wrong choices. Sometimes people marry the, the wrong people because they were impatient, right? You know, I took my dog to a vet a couple weeks ago. It was scheduled appointment. I wanted to check. There is a tumor that my dog has, and uh, I wanted to find out 
what's going on. And so I came there in time. And like, if you go to a doctor, same thing. They ask you to sit at the lobby first. And the time of the appointment already passed, like 30 minutes, I'm still waiting for the doctor. Then they open the door that leads to the couple rooms that they have. And then they say, go ahead and take that room at the end of the corridor to the right. And when you go to that room, do you see the doctor? You never see the doctor. You wait. That's another waiting room. It, it gets you a little bit closer to your goal to see the doctor, but you're still, you still do not see the doctor. And then it took one hour since the beginning, uh, since I got there, to see the doctor. And he took biopsy, and thankfully it's a benign tumor. So we're not going to do anything much about it unless it's going to grow fast and, and, and become large. We are so impatient. We want it now, right? Time is a great sifter. It sifts out the half-hearted, insincere, the lazy, the indifferent. God uses time. Time is a benefit. When you wait for something, what happens with us? Why waiting is, is a benefit for us? While we wait, we are tested, right? While we wait, our capacity for receiving enlarge, enlarges, becomes larger. While we wait, our commitment is test tested. Our faith is tested. Our hope. While we wait, our desire is tested. Waiting is a season for things to develop, to mature. A baby is conceived in how many minutes? I'm not going to ask the question. <laughs> but it takes long time until the baby is ready to come out. How long? Nine months. Nine months. What if you want to speed it up? You, you want to, to have the baby in, in six and seven months. Is that a good idea? No. 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 Why? What if you are having the baby for the first time? Isn't it true when you, you know, parents learn that uh, they're, they're expecting? God gives them time to be ready as parents. So waiting is actually <coughs> developing the baby and at the same time helping the parents to, to be ready for them. Are we ready for the babies? Probably never fully, but with God's help. Waiting is important. So what we are talking here about delay, not to be denied, but to be waiting for something. Do you feel that God is delaying his second time? I remember when my dad 
was young and his mom told him do not get married. Why? Because the Lord is coming. You don't want to have little children and, you know, putting them on your back and, and, and trying to escape. The last days would be tough. And my, my dad, thankfully, got married. Do you feel the same way that you've been waiting and waiting and waiting? And seems like uh, he's not coming. When you pray, when you pray, when you pray, God can hear us right away. Who else can hear us? Satan. Right? Satan cannot read our minds, but he can hear us. So God is using time, but also Satan is using time to der der derail us. Because when we are waiting, 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 some some of us lose faith, right? Moses was delaying in coming down from the mountain in Exodus chapter 32. What happened? They took all the gold that they had and made all in calf and worshipped. And not only worshipped the calf, they were dancing, they were drinking, they were having all kinds of unlawful um, behavior. When Abraham was asked to follow God in chapter 12 in, in Genesis, how old was Abraham? He was 75. And God promised to him a child. And it took how many years for the child to be born? How old was Abraham when, when his promised son was born? 25 years. 25 years. And so what did Sarah and Abraham decided to do? To help God. They decided to help God. God, we are going to help you. You promised us a son. We will make a son. And there was... That was not God's blessing uh, upon. Even though God later showed up and, and talked to, um, to Hagar and said, I am going to bless you. I am going to bless your son. He said to Abram, your son Ishmael. When Joseph received his dream, he was about 15 years old. Remember the dream that he became the most hateful man <laughs> in that house. Because he said, everybody's going to bow down. Even the father was not happy about that dream. Abraham. So, not Abraham, but uh, Jacob. So, when was this dream realized? How old was Joseph? He was 15 when he was dreaming about it. 
he was another 15 years passed by and then the dream was realized. You may receive a promise or a prof prophetic word about something and it may take you 5 years, 25 years, 80 years, but keep praying because God is not denying you in answering the prayer. He is delaying. You have to say to yourself, I am not denied. I'm, I'm just here waiting. You prayed and you prayed. And the devil is telling you, you are wasting your time. Don't pray. You may feel like, I'm asking and there is no reply. But tell yourself, I'm not going to be denied. And Daniel chapter 10. It's a very interesting text here. Verse 12 through 14. Listen to this story. Very, very interesting. Daniel had a vision. But he could not understand how to interpret it. So... Daniel waited and waited for the answer from God. And here is Daniel chapter 10 verse 12. An angel came to him. And he said, Do not be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to that. So, the first time you, you pray, God hears your prayers. But he, look, look at this story. There is more to this story. The angel says, I, I am responding to this. God sent me to you right away. But the prince of the Persian kingdom, it's a basically symbol of, of Satan's, um, uh, Satan and angels and Satan himself. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me. How many days? 21 days. Then Michael, Michael, one of the chief, chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Now I have come to you to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future. For this vision concerns a time yet to come. God said, I heard you for, for the first time. And he said to the angel, go, go and answer the prayer. But something happened, not just for one hour, but for three weeks. We have no idea what's going on in that great battle that we are all involved in. What's, what's going on between angels, angels of God and angels of, of Satan? I heard you, God is saying. I released my angel right away. But the devil has been jamming the rail. Our prayer is a great weapon. Satan doesn't want us to pray. He doesn't want us to be delivered and to be free. I like uh, 
to buy now more and more from Amazon. How many of you bought anything online? Any, anybody? Do you get email when you put an order? It's a whole process, right? They will respond to you, usually by email or text message. And they will respond to you that uh, uh, your order was processed, right? Uh, we received your payment or whatever. And um, and we are going to ship it to you, please. So somebody has to print the label. That's what I'm thinking. Maybe it's not done the same way, but there is a label that has to be done. Somebody has to package what you asked for. Somebody has to ship it. Somehow it is shipped. But I'm receiving messages. And um, one message can say it will it will it will say like it's on the way, right? But my favorite text is the one that says your package is out for delivery. I like it. It's it's like you know that that during the day it's already on the truck, and during the day somebody will come. And, and and the package is going to be delivered to your door. God is saying to us today, it's out for delivery. Your blessing is out. I heard you the first time. That's basically what the angel of the Lord said to Daniel. Daniel did the right thing. It says he humbled himself. To receive the understanding. There is only one or a few men in, in the Bible or women that we don't see anything that they've done wrong. Daniel is one of those people that there is not nothing, nothing that I could see in the Bible where you know he did something wrong. But he did, of course, as any human being. But when it was, it was time to pray. Even if it would mean death, Daniel would open his windows and would pray the same time, even though it's a death decree. What happens when we pray? When we pray, an angel of the Lord is sent. At certain time, when God decides to send, and Psalm 103, verse 20 says, Bless the Lord, ye his angels, that excel in strength. So angels can excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening to the voice of his word. When we pray, it gives strength to the angels. Right? That's what the Bible says. Whenever we pray, we give angels much more desire to serve us, right? They, they are not just machines flying and, and doing something for us. They are living, thinking, wise beings. And when we pray, can you imagine what our guardian angels feels like when we pray earnestly? Daniel prayed for 21 days, and then his answer was, 
uh, his prayer was answered. But God said, tell my children, I have heard their prayers. God heard Israelites to pray for 80, more than 80 years. And the answer was immediate. The baby was born, but it took two schools for the leader who is going to lead Israelites from Egypt to the promised land. It took two great schools. One was a school, royal school of Egypt. He was a prince growing up as a prince of Egypt. And now there was a school to be humble, right? To humble him. You know that the Egyptians, they despise or dislike certain professions. And uh, they really, really didn't like shepherds. You remember that story, right? When Joseph invited and all his family were in that business, and, and he even was afraid that Pharaoh will do something mean to them, right? Remember the story? The so, hold, yes. Yeah. Right, and actually Pharaoh gave him the best land. Yes, yes. So, Whatever you are praying for, hold on. Change is coming. The angels of the Lord receive reinforcement and your package is out for delivery. I, do you have uh, appetite to eat from the tree of life? I mean, I'm looking forward to that. I'm truly looking forward for that. It's promised to us. It's going to be given to us. Are we ready for that? God heard us when we prayed to him. And the package is out for delivery. Stay in the position of prayer. Thank God. Praise God. God is never late. Even when you think God is late for four days, He's not late. Ask Lazarus about it. And E.M. Bounds said, there are two things that God cannot tolerate in our prayers. One is lack of heat, passion. And the other is the lack of heart. When God finds heart and feels the heat in our prayers, the answers won't be far behind, because he heard you the first time. There is a Swedish uh, island, Visingsö, and there is a mysterious forest of oak trees on it. Mysterious because oak trees aren't indigenous to the island. So nobody knows how these oak trees, 20,000 trees get there until in 1980 in 1980 this Swedish Navy received a letter from the forestry department reporting that their requested lumber was ready requested 
number was three. Nobody in the Department of the Navy ordered lumber, so they started researching what was that about. The Navy didn't even know that somebody ordered lumber. After a little historical research, it was discovered that in 18, 1830, 150 years before, a Swedish uh, Parliament recognizing that it takes oak trees 150 years to mature and anticipating a shortage of lumber at the turn of the 21st century ordered that 20,000 oak trees be planted in, on this island and protected for the Navy. Of course, in 1980, nobody builds ships uh, using lumber, right? So that, that forest is still there on that island. Thank be to the people who had a vision. They had a vision that in 150 years, somebody can use these oak trees. And it took 150 years to mature, for these trees to mature. One dimension is of thinking long, is thinking different. And prayer is the key to both. Many times, uh, prayer does not change circumstances. More importantly, it changes us. It alters internal realities. So we suddenly, when we pray, we start seeing a vision. We get this vision, what is happening. It corrects our nearsightedness. It enables us to see beyond our circumstances, beyond ourselves, beyond time. Today, as we celebrate what God did for us through Jesus Christ, we are going to think about it. We're going to be reminded as we break the bread that it is Jesus who offered his, himself for sacrifice. And uh, we are going to be reminded that without that, there is no salvation. And like our text is saying here, do this in remembrance of me. You know, I was um, one time the family member, uh, they had uh, snakes. Husband didn't like snakes at all, was afraid of it. Wife uh, really loved it. And uh, when I was there visiting them, uh, I saw that one snake was eating dead mice and another one alive. So I didn't like that to watch. But what was interesting, uh, what I remember is that. Uh, those snakes, small snakes, had to be fed uh, once a month. And uh, once they eat and they're not hungry, even if the mice is alive or dead there, they're not, not going to eat until they're hungry again. Maybe it's a bad illustration, but what I'm thinking about, whenever we eat and drink, and we drink and eat often, right? More than once a month. God could have given us such a body that we, we could have eaten only once, once a month. So what we are reminded about, every time we eat bread, 
food, drink something. We should be always thinking about, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you gave your life for us. We do it here once in a quarter because we don't want it to become so traditional like some other churches do it every week. And then it doesn't, it kind of maybe loses a little bit, but in insignificance. But I think that if we rem remind ourselves every meal we eat, every time we drink anything, water or juice, remind ourselves about what Christ did for us. And that's for us today a communion. Communion is a, is a word that means that we do something together. Something that unites us. And you know, we, we, we come from different backgrounds, speak different languages, right? And uh, some of us speak with an accent. Sometimes when I go to the store, people say, oh, you have an accent. I have, uh, where are you from? And I say, I'm from Ohio. <laughs> By the way, I lived in College Day four years, for four years. It's hot there. <laughs> humid and hot in the summertime but otherwise it's a beautiful place to be beautiful people there lots of friends still may God continue to be with us and don't be concerned for God not answering prayers he does answer prayers amen I'll come back after prayer. We will make a prayer in, in the lobby. Those who participate.